Hey everybody, this is Mike, and I'm here with Rich. Hey, hey. Just giving you a nice little recap on uh, Technobabble, the, the, the people behind the current administration of the network, which is us. So uh, we're just going to start with the recap. Rich, Technobabble was your idea, correct? Yeah, I'm a big uh, tech lover. Um, I try to follow along with everything new and upcoming, and, and I've had a really bad habit of trying to get the newest tech as quickly as possible, which um, has not worked out in my favor um, at all times, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, being an early adopter is great if you are financially stable. Yes, yes. Otherwise, it can it can be very hard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, life is a learning experience, so as long as you actually learn, you're not completely failing. It's true, although I just keep going back for that cupcake. Well, then you're probably not learning then, so that means you are failing. But anyway... Uh, you're the hamster to my Bart, buddy. <laughs> true enough, but we're not... I, I have no part in this yet. We were just talking about Technobabble, your love for it, and uh, you had decided to create a podcast... And uh, before I showed up, what was the uh, development behind that? Uh, well, actually, I believe it was uh, Chris Lockhart that actually came up with the name Technobabble um, because uh, I believe he was using, I think he might have been using Babel for one of his other podcasts at the time, but I believe it comes from um, Star Trek where they people say that there's a lot of Technobabble in Star Trek and that's basically just people talking nonstop about stuff that just sounds really technologically advanced or complicated and it doesn't even so have to make this sense show could have been called jargon yeah exactly essentially and so i guess that's kind of uh, a it, it suited me because a lot of my friends and family have always told me that i'm kind of like that with technology stuff that i'm excited about i'll just go on and talk and talk and talk and talk about it and never shut up about it and uh, also <laughs> it was a star trek thing so i was like yeah let's do that and um I didn't really have anybody that I kind of gelled with for a co-host at the time on the network, at least not for technology-based uh, conversations anyway. and Because uh, there's yeah. different, sh there's like 50 shades of geek. Exactly, exactly, right? There's the tech geek, the Star Trek geek, well, the poetry geek, people, they, they, the, the Russian literature geek, the chess geek. You can like whatever you want, right? But some people just aren't down with, as much with technology, right? Um, but uh, yeah, thankfully, um, my... X introduced me to you, actually. Uh, I guess um, she ran into you at your job or something, and you kind of talked to her for a minute, and then she mentioned uh, me, I guess, because you talked about podcasts or something. And uh... Well, I can tell you where I came in on this. I was working at my job, and I was talking with this girl who caught my attention because she was the only one there under 50, so I tried talking with her and, you know, she seemed to get my nerdy references, thought I was funny. I told her I was doing stand-up and then it turned out she was taken. But, you know, no big deal because, you know, there was still somebody that shared interest that I could talk to on the job. And then she mentioned that you were looking to start a podcast and looking for someone funny and nerdy. And I was just like, all right, introduce us. So she kind of set up like a little Skype play date for us. And that's when I started talking with you, and 
we just decided, all right, maybe maybe I'll be a, a guest on the show. And uh, that quickly turned then into came the day. So, uh, what did you think when you first uh, met me or had me on the show? Did I meet you first, or did we podcast first? No, we didn't meet for a long time in person. We only really? like spoke on Skype for a bit. Oh, I remember that differently. We only met for the first time when we Star watched Wars? The Force Awakens. Yes, with uh, one of our other local Ottawa podcasting um, acquaintances, um, Chris Ninja yeah, Guy. Chris Ninja Guy, who's uh, quite a funny guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. she introduced you to this guy who was in all likelihood hitting on her, but ended up somehow talking with you, and then you had me. Uh, like, what did you, like, so how did you decide that I was worthy to be on the show? You liked tech? All right. (laughs) No, but seriously, I don't know. We just, um, we, when we first started talking, I think we were texting a lot and, you know, like we called each other a little bit, but I think we were texting a lot at the time as well. And, uh, just talking about random cool things and sending each other videos or whatever. Right. So it seemed like a pretty good fit from there. And like you enjoyed uh, technology about as much as I did. And even more for you is um, uh, scientific discoveries and environmentalism uh, as well, like or environmental um, discoveries and uh, new technologies and stuff like that, which um, you kind of, sh- sh- you know, shone a light on, shone a light. How do you shine a light? Sean. You, you shed a light. You shed a light on it. <laughs> shadow light of love cut that out you can't see me but i'm doing the cutting and the, you're doing that little yeah. joey like uncle yeah. joey snip toss yeah so yeah hey rookie watch me pull a rabbit out of my head <laughs> anyway so you had me on the show and uh like how was I for my first time talking to the to the internet? Well, it took you a little while to uh, to warm it up, but uh, I think you did pretty pretty good, and I would definitely say that it, it was uh, a good choice to have you on and to bring you into the world of podcasting, given that uh, you now have two, three technically, but two uh, shows. So, two and a half. Two and a half. And two on two on one. Feet. And then yeah, exactly. And then this will be uh, number three or three and a half. So I would say that it was uh, probably a pretty good choice. Oh yeah, it, uh, like as much as I enjoyed doing stand up, like I liked hearing the crowd. I liked hearing a bunch of things. It it never really felt like I was playing to my strength. It's kind of like putting Wayne Gretzky as a goalie, like. Just because you're a good hockey player, just because you can skate doesn't mean that you're best at every position in the rink. And that's how I felt with comedy. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like casually funny, conversationally funny, and I'm passionate about several things, but I, it just felt like I wasn't playing to my strengths trying to convey that passion to a crowd, like trying to get like 30 different strangers from different perspectives to just see where I'm coming from 
in the span of like five to six minutes for like several for like several jokes Mm -hmm. and with you it just felt like i could make a wise crack and i didn't have to be like okay i've got to spend five minutes front loading this scenario so that you and i are on the same page if i made a joke about optimus prime like or some weird like 90s commercial or something you were right on there with me and if i made a joke about like some robot being like i can't think of anything amputated but you know listen to the upcoming episodes like an octopus you're going to be listening to this episode you're going to be listening to other episodes this week you'll know what we're talking about and rich and i just got it like we were able to feed off each other and that's when i realized that i definitely want to do this more than stand up it's not like i gave up on the scene although you know in the end i did it's just that it was easier and i was like my better self at this than I would have been trying to get a bunch of people who aren't exactly nerdy or geeky to try to follow my example. So this is kind of like where the spark was, the spark was ignited in me that, you know, my stage fright doesn't bother me and I can do some back and forth jokes rather than just trying to like front load a bunch of jokes while getting a crowd to see things from my way. So I guess we'll wrap that up for now because that was how Technobabble began. And uh, tune in next week when we do a little more in-depth of how of how this train kept going after it left the station. So <laughs> This techno train? <laughs> this maglev zero-friction monorail. It's the mono-mono, it's the mono-mono, it's the mono-mono, it's the mono Monorail, monorail, <laughs> monorail, monorail. Is there a chance to track with That's kind of what I was going for, except for some reason I went with the... Um, the cons- with the caulking. Yeah, with the caulking instead, I don't know why, but that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll see you next week with more trivia and uh, my place in the network. So, see you next week, folks, and enjoy the show. You are listening to a Geek Fallout production in association with Atomic Geeks Broadcasting Network. You are listening to Geek Fallout, the news and discussion podcast for Geeks by Geeks. of Geek Fallout Technobabble, the news and discussion podcast all about technology, video games, you name it, as long as there's tech involved, we're talking about it. Um, as I mentioned, this is episode one of a new venture. It's going to be part of the, the Geek Fallout Productions uh, in association with the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network. I'm your host this evening. My name is Chris Lockhart. Joining me on the line is my co-host and tonight's producer, Richard Reeder. How's it going, Rich? 
Good. I'm uh, ready to go on this expedition, as you say, and boldly go where uh, no Geek Fallout co-host has gone before onto a tech podcast. Absolutely. And and uh, uh, before we move forward, before we introduce our our uh, our our uh, fellow podcaster this evening, um, I'm just going to give a little little background to this to this new venture here. Um, as I mentioned, this is episode one of Techno Babble. And what this is, essentially, um, when Rich and I began Geek Fallout three years ago, actually Rich um, was, the ma- was the man who coined the phrase Geek Fallout for us. Um, we used to do uh, a number of segments on the Geek Fallout podcast. We did a, te- a tech segment, we did a comic book segment, and, and so on. The comic book segment eventually spun into its own podcast, which we called Comic Book Episodes. And I've always wanted to do a tech episode or a tech podcast, but unfortunately, I am not a tech guy. And uh, now that now that Rich is able to join us, we we're going to do some tech episodes, which we've decided to spin off into Geek Follow Techno Babble. And what is Techno Babble? People have asked me. Um, Techno Babble because I'm a Star Trek guy. Um, Back uh, when they used to do Star Trek Next Generation, when when they would have the writers, you know, writing the, the scripts, uh, they would get to a point in the script where they would have to talk tech. And then in the script, they would simply write technobabble. And then Rick Sternbach, who was the technical consultant for Star Trek Next Generation, he would go in and write something like uh, coolant leak. Bridge, we have a coolant leak in the engine core. I estimate two minutes to warp core breach. That so whenever you hear something like that in Star Trek, uh, TNG or DS9 or Voyager, chances are that is a Rick Sternbach line, and that is what we what was coined as techno babble. So I decided to use it for this podcast. Um, so there's myself and Rich, as I mentioned, you know we we started the whole geek out or geek follow thing. Um, three years ago, believe it or not, it's been three years and, no, it's uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it is. It's hard to believe time is flying and, uh, joining us this evening. I'm hoping he'll be joining us for future episodes of techno babble is Mr. Mike King. How's it going, Mike? Oh, very good. Thank you. I noticed that you didn't mention the best Star Trek series enterprise. The series so good that they decided we cannot do better than this. So why even try? <laughs> well, I, I would, I would have, but Rick Sternbach didn't actually work on that one. Uh, uh, so yeah, I to be honest, I didn't even know that either until I, I actually met Rick Sternbach a couple years back, and um, he's like, yeah, I, I never worked on Enterprise. Like, oh really? I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> so that's why I didn't mention. Oh, you know, I do like Enterprise. It, it, oh, I thought you were—I thought you were just one of those people. Like it's like the Holocaust. People just people just made it up. <laughs> well, to be honest, I prefer Enterprise over Voyager. So you know. Ouch! Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do. Oh, I, come I, on! I, I, I'm I am a Scott Bakula fan. You know, ever since Quantum Leap. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, no, uh, I I agree. Oh, yeah. plus, plus that Vulcan hottie. Come on. <laughs> I guess uh, this is a different podcast we're going into now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so, um, Mike, uh, you're new to, to Geek Fallout. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Well, I, uh, I'm a burgeoning stand-up comedian. Well, comic right now. Comedians get paid. Nice. But I'm, uh, 
out on the scene, making friends. Uh, I wanted to get into comedy for a while, but I just never thought I was that funny. Turns out I'm just hanging around people that don't have any sense of humor. <laughs> turns, out when I, turns out when I did, they really laughed a lot around me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to give this a couple of years just to see if it's a fluke, and no, I'm consistently funny, it seems. Nice. Just, I was just around boring assholes. <laughs> don't don't get cocky now. Who were very geeky but limited. Like they were into like uh, computer land games, Magic the Gathering. But like, I mean, you see cult, you see geek culture now, and like they're more funny, sociable, or at least even in like the stereo stereotypical Revenge of the Nerds fashion, at least they're amusing to each other. Mm-hmm. But th- these guys were just boring twenty four seven, like. <laughs> and I just thought, oh shit, I guess I'm one of them because I can't make them laugh. So it's not funny. No, it turns out they're just just boring. Just not very, yeah, just boring people. Well, excellent. Well, um, have have you done any like uh, live stand up or anything like that? I have. If you check my Facebook page, you can see my latest. Uh, appearance at Absolute Comedy. It's my fifth appearance, so I still have a little bit of nerves to get through, but I start and end strong. The material's good. I just gotta get more sage time, but, uh, I'm getting so much support from that that, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm on the right track. I just gotta keep getting at it because I got the potential. Excellent, right. excellent. My, so, my wife actually went to go and see him live the last time yeah. he performed at Absolute Comedy. Some of the laughing you hear in that video is probably her. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, so our listeners, if they want to look you up on Facebook to check this out, uh, you're just uh, Mike King. Yeah, Mike King. But there's a Kiwi comedian named Mike King. So make sure you look for the Ottawa Mike King. Ottawa Mike King. Gotcha. That is awesome. I and and kudos to you, sir, because I know I know comedy. It is not easy. It is it is tough. Oh, the um, first time up there was like. Even though I thought, oh, I got some good jokes, as soon as I got on stage, all the lights and, like, that big, dark crowd, it's like, it's like I'm just waiting for their faces to show up on crystalline walls going, guilty. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, if, if, you know, if you don't grab a person uh, right away, it, it is tough. I mean, it it is so, not to, not to scare you off or anything, but it is, it's so easy to lose a room. I know um, there's that, uh, um, I watch a lot of Coronation Street uh on cbc so i see a lot of these commercials for oh, i'm sorry i thought you were a fan of entertaining television <laughs> <laughs> um oh what's i can't remember the comedian's name but the show he does is called still standing um uh, uh johnny harris yeah He's on murdoch mysteries oh okay detective george crabtree okay okay um see, I, I never watched murdoch but anyway um Whenever they show a, a preview of his his still standing, I'm ne- I never think it's funny. I'm like, man, this guy sucks. But he might actually be really awesome. It's just I I've been thinking maybe it's the the people that are putting together the promos. Like maybe it's just bad editing. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. The, if the people in the crowd are having a good time, then obviously there's this context that they're a part of that we're being denied due to production. Yeah, like maybe the guy who who is putting together the promo has no idea about comedy and he's just, you know, Oh, this might be funny. And yeah, it's, let's, it's really let's, just show, let's just show, let's just show scenes with the crowd laughing. And, you know, again, he might be one of the, he might be like the predecessor to one of my boring friends. Who's just like, well, they're laughing. So I guess it's funny, even though I don't understand it. 
Yeah. And then with lack of understanding comes poor editing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, no, but that I got to say that is awesome, my friend. Thank you for for joining us. And uh, I'm as, glad this is my very first podcast I've been on, and I just like the idea of talking with like-minded people who like enjoy technology, popular culture, and can appreciate a good joke. Excellent, excellent, and we're glad to have you, sir. Um, all right, so uh, why don't we kick a, kick off this podcast? Uh, do you guys have any news you want to share, Rich? We'll we'll start with you. All right. Um, well, this is a, a couple of days old here now, but uh, I figured it'd be an interesting topic um, for us. The So Asus has now released its newest, um, basically, PC on a stick. Now, have you guys heard of this new trend of PCs on a stick? No, I have not. I would like to hear more. I've heard of selfie sticks, but not PCs <laughs> on a stick. Yeah, it's basically like it's basically those old like old folks grabbers for cell phones. <laughs> Not quite. Well, this is uh, it's more along the lines of a um, uh, Google Chromecast, where it's basically a little <laughs> stick, te- te- technology stick. Uh, basically, <laughs> it's a HDMI stick that you put it in the back of your uh, back of your uh, TV, and it turns your TV into a computer. Uh, like a full-fledged Windows 10 computer. Is um, the operating system on the stick, or does it just broadcast from your computer to the TV wireless? Everything screen? is on this stick. So wow. basically, this one right here that uh, was just released is uh, comes with 32 gigs of uh, hard drive space, 2 gigs of RAM, and two full-size USB 3.0 ports and a headphone jack. And then obviously it plugs right into your HDMI, so you can either use it with your TV or a compatible PC monitor that has HDMI. So, the, how much I of guess, that, how much of that US, how much of that storage space is already tied up on the operating system? Um, well, I had a Windows 8 um, tablet for a while, like a full Windows Pro um, tablet, and that had 64 gigs. And after the operating system, I think it was 57 or something. So it uses a good, you know, like five to seven gigs, I think. Maybe a little less, somewhere in there. So around probably five gigs. So you're still left with, uh, you know, 27-ish gigs or something like that. You know, 28. So that's not too bad. And considering it's got two full-size USB ports that you can plug in, you know, say an external hard drive and then a keyboard and mouse into the other one, You've now got a full-fledged computer that, say, you could use for podcasting right there without needing the space of, you know, you don't need a a big laptop to to do something like that. So now people, you know, can do things that they would need, you know, at least a couple hundred dollars for. For a full-fledged PC, they can now plug it just directly into their TV, and it just works. And there's actually a few of these out. Uh, in there's uh, Intel has one called the Compute Stick. Um, Dell has a Android uh, version of this uh, called Android Stick. Uh, and there's a few others that I've seen out there as well that are Windows and stuff. But I just think it's interesting now that uh, we've gone from you know with computers. They were getting smaller and smaller and smaller for a while. We got the ultra mobile PCs, which were full fledged computers that you could, 
you know, hold in your hand, much like, say, a PlayStation Portable or a PSP Vita around that size, but full. And then they went back up to netbooks. You know, we got the 10-inch computers, and then everything's going tablets. And now they're saying, well, just stick this into the back of your TV that you already own into any device. And just the thought, too, that if you're going on vacation, you can, if you don't feel safe leaving your stuff where you are, you can bring it with you. You can take your whole computer on the road with you. Think of this for maybe businessmen. Bring it to the hotel, plug it into the HDMI. And my wife pointed out it could be useful for spies, which is a very good point. A spy would love to have a computer on a stick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she should just go to any hotel room that has like a, well, a TV that's existed since 2005. Yeah, and plug it right in, and you've got all of your files with you. You can you can Skype with your work people. You know, all you need is just this basically this one stick and like a keyboard and a mouse, and that's all you need. That's incredible. For Get now. This is the kicker. How much do you think something like this would cost, ladies and gentlemen? Ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine. You say four payments of ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine. I say nay. You can get this deal today for one hundred and thirty dollars. Oh my Whoa. gosh! I need to sell all my computers right now. So I, I think that this is actually really cool, especially for mm-hmm. Microsoft, because. You know, a lot of people have been getting down on Windows lately, and more and more people are, you know, becoming Mac people or, you know, just don't even bother with the PC anymore, and they'll have tablets or whatever. So a lot of people are looking at Microsoft to kind of figure out how to keep their their operating system out there and relevant. And I think that this is a very good way because, really, you have no excuse not to have a computer. Like, the only thing that you really need that this wouldn't work for is if you're gaming, uh, doing some crazy audio or video editing or or music production or something like that, or if you need physical media. Because everything has to be emulated. Well, if you're using physical media, you'd have to plug in an external hard drive, right? But, I mean, if you're doing anything computer-intensive, then you can't... It wouldn't really work, but, I mean, for the average person who's just using it for email, calling people on Skype, surfing the web, writing up documents, printing things, all of that sort of stuff, for $130, you really can't go wrong. And for tech-savvy people with a uh, with the ability to store DVDs or Blu-rays into ISO files with uh, VLC media player, you should be able to watch like full movies with special features and stuff mm-hmm. without, yeah. without, a, uh, without physical media and just really... Like, this is just an incredible... Well, and you could probably, you could just go right onto Netflix through the web browser, uh, I guess, theoretically, you know, or download a, a Windows 10 Netflix app, because I'm sure that Netflix has an app on the Windows Store. I mean, it's Netflix. Not everybody has an app for Windows, but it's Netflix, so they must. So, Netflix you know, doesn't like... doesn't have everything either. But, com- but you, you're kind of right. Yeah. Computers, computers can play pretty much everything. So whether you got your your media legally or not... Uh, you would be able to play pretty much everything on any TV, anywhere you wanted. Just bring this little stick that's like, I don't even know how to explain It's probably about, if you put your two, your uh, index finger and your middle finger together, it's probably about that thick and maybe three to four inches long tops, maybe two and a half to three and a half inches long or something. So it's a pretty small little thing. 
to have all of this, all of these features. And I think the, the miniaturization of, of technology is uh, certainly coming, that's for sure. I just find it kind of ironic that you're going from, you know, notebooks and laptops to tablets. So you're getting more portable, and then you get it on your phone, which is more portable, and now you stick this thing in your TV, so now you're stationary again. So there's a little bit of a cyclical irony That is there. true, but people use their PCs for different purposes, right? You you store things on your PC. You use your P PC more for work than you would any other device. So having something like this that you can bring with you anywhere, hook up to any device, is kind of is kind of interesting. Oh, it's definitely going to be a game changer. Not to mention, I think for people with eyesight problems, maybe uh, you know, say, or people who have trouble just working a laptop or or, or anything on such a smaller screen or whatever. Uh, e.g., you know, our parents, something like this might be good because they can actually use that 70-inch TV that you convinced them to buy last Christmas for no particular reason other than you wanted to see it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you can you hook up a PC for them and they can use that and then they can see everything. And then when they call you on the phone to get you to figure something out on the computer, they'll actually be able to see it. Oh, further details. How does the... Uh... Like, how would you interface with this thing? Does it have a remote control? Because if it only has two USB ports, I imagine they're both tied up with the mouse and keyboard. So, are there well, you ways can get to a mouse free and up those keyboard. ports? You can get a mouse and keyboard combo, or you could uh, you could hook up a USB hub to it. So you can. Oh, man, you can I can go just back. imagine that putting a lot of weight on that HDMI jack if you've got like two or three hubs on it. Uh, well, it's if, just the it's just the cord, drive. right? It's just the cord that would be going to it. But I see your point. So that could be. So I'm. Hopefully, they would have thought of something like that before production. Yeah, you got the. You got, you got the cable. You got well. You got the uh, mouse, the keyboard, and if you if, if you got one combo, then you've got one external hard drive. But if you wanted to like watch discs, then you would need like an external disc drive, unless you're yeah. savvy enough to, with enough hard drive space to back up everything in an ISO format on your uh, computer. That's true. But, uh, you know, I've got a lot of USB jacks because, like, I'll charge, I'll charge like several devices in my computers, and all my USB jacks are full. So, well, I guess you just have you at that point, you would just have to get one USB hub and just use everything up, use everything from there. But I mean, nonetheless, like, I, I think that uh, something like this is pretty cool. Like, Chris, would you mm -hmm. ever uh, think of using something like this? Would you ever go out and buy this? Oh, so if your kids, you know, if you're Instead of getting your, your son a laptop, if he's already got a TV in his room, would you just buy him the stick so that he can just do his homework on his TV in his room so you don't have oh, to buy absolutely. him a laptop? Oh, yeah. No, this uh, this would work awesome. This would work for good for me, too, um, just because with me, uh, like, I'm writing a book right now. So for me, it'd be, be awesome to do everything on this. You know, I can plug it in at work, work on it at work whenever I can, and then also be able to take it wherever I want, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's pretty handy too, right? Like, especially, oh, yeah. like if you're going into town for the weekend or whatever, you know, even if just, you know, you, you're insecure about it, you know, you think you're wearing a tinfoil hat and you think the government is, is coming mm -hmm. for you. Every time you finish using it, you can take it out and stuff it in the vent in your house. Yep. You know? Yep. Does it have any wireless abilities like Bluetooth or, uh, yeah, it's got, oh, uh, Bluetooth. it's got Bluetooth and Wi Fi. Okay, so maybe you can get a wireless keyboard mouse combo and then to freeze up those ports. Because again, if you if you are hooking it up to a seventy inch TV, you've got to get some distance from it. So 
You'd either have yeah. a lot of extension cables for your uh, USB devices, or if it's wireless, then you can go off that. Now, I'm not sure, though, if it's uh, actually powered through the um, through the HDMI. It doesn't mention anything about that in this would, article. Yeah, it would be hard to believe that there's wattage, that there's so much wattage going through you going through an HDMI cable. I mean, you'd expect yeah. it to just be video data and audio. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, um, Mike, do you it, have any uh, any news? Well, I did. Uh, did you guys see the uh, link I sent you for the uh, marine robot dog? Marine robot dog. Yeah, I sent it to Skype. Okay, well, here's the basics. They've got this robot dog. It's built by Boston Dynamics, and it's a uh, like a a follow-up to Big Dog, which, if you recall, with that that big uh, like a mechano version of a pit bull. Okay. You must have seen it. Like they uh, use it to carry uh, stuff through forests, and it shows how it can adapt to uh, changing terrain. Wow. This this is the follow-up. And here's the kicker. Not only is it sleeker, faster, but it can also launch an aerial drone off its back. So what we have here is Ravage and Laser Beak without sound wave. Nice. <laughs> nice. And that that <laughs> is, is really which cool. Which is fitting because the Walkman is sufficiently outdated, but his children live on. Which is every parent's mm-hmm. dream, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. So this thing so can... So this is made by the Marines? Uh, yeah, it's built by Boston Dynamics. I guess it's a contractor, and it's a tiny and more agile iteration. It's 160 pounds, hydraulically actuated with a sensor that aids in navigation, controlled by a laptop-connected game controller, which any user can use up to 1,600 feet away. Wow. Good lord. That's yep. uh, it. Kind of sounds like uh, Ibo for adults. Do you guys remember the Sony Ibo? Um, refresh my memory. No. Y- you'll have to refresh my memory as well. It was uh, so. It was back in the, I guess, the the <laughs> the early two thousands. Sony made a uh, virtual pet dog robot. Uh, and it was like two or three hundred dollars, and you could teach it all sorts of tricks. And it oh, had was a little... it that little white thing with the big flappy beagle ears? And it would sit yes. over and stand yes. up. And... Yes. Oh, that I was briefly it. remember that. Yeah. So it sounds. It kind of sounds like a uh, a big adult version of that. <laughs> in Except a way. Pro- probably mount a shotgun on it for breaching uh, hostile areas. Well, that's pretty cool that uh, that it does have the the drones that are able to uh, land and and take off from it, um, because I mean, like that's like drones, kind of the future of at least uh, tactical, you know, knowledge of the field as it is. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. then you can just send drones up everywhere. And I'm okay. So here, I'm just looking at the picture of this thing, and it looks hilarious. That does not. I told you, it's, like, it's, it's Ravage. It's Ravage. Yeah, it does look a lot like Ravage. <laughs> it really does. Like, it's... Yeah. And how fast does this thing go? Does it say how fast it can go? I didn't see too much of the uh, the specs. It looks like they're more talking like it exists rather than getting into the details. Which I suppose, if you don't want your enemies figuring out what they're up against, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
they don't want to tell you yeah, this, but... thing, this thing can't handle a 55 degree incline so you know you just get up some stairs and all of a sudden this dog is useless yeah well so I'm pretty sure they don't want to broadcast its weaknesses oh yeah for sure the uh, the control pad looks pretty interesting. The guy that's uh, using that, it's basically almost like a tablet attached to this arcade stick, it looks like, hanging from his neck that he's, he's propped up against his chest. Oh, it's like a harness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's hilarious. And it almost looks like a gamepad, too. Or so. Actually, he is using a gamepad. He's <laughs> using what looks to me from here... Like a clone of a PlayStation 2 controller. That is hilarious. I wonder how and long this is a military-funded project. Well, wonder, way to go, America. I wonder how, long how much did you spend on making that controller? Because I can go down to EB Games and pick one up for $30. I wonder how long it is before Boston Dynamics gets sued by Mad Cats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, uh, is this thing going to cost one hundred thirty dollars too? I, I don't. Well, <laughs> Probably not. It's a military device. Well, it's a military project, so of course it's going to cost about two point three million dollars per prototype. And yeah, you got to you got to justify that budget. You you said billion, right? Because this is America we're talking about. <laughs> well, the prototype they love is to a spend million. money on their war toys. Once they perfect it, then it'll be a billion. You gotta have a reason to justify closing down hospitals and school programs. So, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, what better excuse than robot dogs? Robot exactly. dogs that launch robot like birds. Come on! Yeah. I know it's like it's like the most expensive upskirt shots available. Well, it, it, it's really kind of genius when you think about it. Because when they deploy these things, you know, when they're going after ISIS or whatever. You know, they're, you know, these, you know, guys are going to be walking along and they're going to see this cute little dog and, oh, I'm going to go pet that dog. And then, bam, done. Bird flies out of its mouth. look like a dog quite yet. <laughs> it doesn't it look like, that much like a dog, Chris. It looks like the animatronic skeleton of a zombie dog from a Hollywood movie, but. Yes. Yes, that is what it is. If you put skin on it and stuff, maybe. Yeah. But uh, I can see your point there, Chris. But, that, I mean, anything, anything that keeps troops further away from from any harm, you know? Yeah. Like Absolutely. I don't I don't really care who's fighting for what. I just don't like death. I'm not a war person, you know what I mean? If if wars need to be fought, fine, but like the less people need to be need to die or get harmed to fight said war, I'm I'm happier. I'm sure. pretty sure so. I'm pretty sure that Texas wouldn't be in so much trouble if they had sent this dog to deal with that Muslim clockmaking kid. Cool. That would be a, that would just be a whole lot cuter. Muslim, Muslim oh, I mean, something like this. Would, every something like this would probably start being used for a bomb squad because if you think about it, if you get a, a powerful enough drone on the back of this thing, this thing could technically walk up to what you may or may not think is a bomb, mm -hmm. use its uh, sensors and I don't know, like Superman X-ray vision or something to see oh, and bombs, confirm yeah, if there's a bomb in it, yeah, right? And then or... exactly, and then you what take they... the. The Gastro drone off its back, you can lift the you can lift the the bomb into the air and have it explode in the air or take it away via air to a safe location away from people. So something like this would be perfect for a mm -hmm. bomb squad, I think. Yep. Oh yeah, good bomb disposal. Bomb disposal, fly it, in, just drop it in the ocean or uh, whatever. Yeah. 
drop it into a, in, inside of a tank or something that you're not using anymore? I don't know. <laughs> well, well, the only thing is, imagine if if uh, they do start making these things look more like dogs. Like 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 let let's imagine the Terminator, but only dog version. You know, like the, it looks like a dog, but it's actually a robot in disguise. We should have seen it in the movie already. I mean, Terminator should have had quadruped uh, assault. Yeah, vehicles. really. I'm actually I'm surprised they didn't yeah. go do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, right. my, is that in the new one? Has, has sorry, anybody no, seen the new one? I, Nobody's I, seen it. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I actually, there are clips of it on YouTube that I was watching. And if yeah. they're showing an old Schwarzenegger Terminator, then clearly they are not. They are, don't have the innovation to come up with any good robots. Well, they uh, they yeah. do, they do have um, a CGI version of the first Terminator in there as well. Uh, Which should be good, but I bet you they found a way to make it suck. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably. That that takes engineering. I mean, you're like, we got old Schwarzenegger versus young Schwarzenegger. This should be the battle of the century. How can we make this as reprehensible and unwatchable to the viewing public? How about we throw in a pointless love story? Okay. I thought thought you were going to say, let Schwarzenegger actually act. Um, yeah, but it has uh, Amelia Clark in it from Game of Thrones, so I I, I will watch it when it comes out on the movie channel. Everybody's got to fail at something, so. Yeah. (laughs) Um, all right, well, I I don't have any news per se, uh, but I did want to point out, uh, Rich, it's actually ironic, because Rich actually mentioned earlier about my son and the laptop, um, I am actually... Uh, for this episode, it just it just worked out this way. I'm actually podcasting from my new HP Pavilion laptop. Ooh. Yeah, I, I uh, ordered this a couple weeks ago. It came in last week. I finally got it set up today. Um, it's equipped with Beats Audio, which uh, my uh, 15-year-old told me is really awesome. And yeah, it's got all the all the awesome little things with it. And um, I, so I upgraded my laptop, and because my uh, son's laptop kind of shit the bed a few months back, he uh, gets my old laptop, so he'll be using that. Nice. Yeah. So and you it, say it's an HP? It is. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm podcasting with an HP. Maybe they should sponsor the episode. Well, that's. I was gonna say that. It sounds like I'm. I'm. I'm doing a an advertisement, but I'm really not. But uh, if they want to throw money our way, we would not be against that. And our would, email is geekfallout. <laughs> yeah, geekfallout at gmail dot com. Um, if anyone wants to sponsor us and uh, have us uh, sample some stuff, that'd be awesome. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So I'm. I upgraded my laptop. Unfortunately, um, I'm. I guess I'll, I'll get into talking about this a little bit. Uh, I haven't been able to produce any podcasts these last few months because my uh, equipment, my Pro Tools, uh, my uh, sorry, my Avid Pro Tools does not work. Um, so what it is, is it's this program that comes equipped with a mic and everything. And what it is, is I, I download the program onto my laptop but I can't actually open it without the key, you, uh, using air quotes, the key, which is inside my microphone. So I use my USB, hook it up, hook it up to the laptop, 
It'll unlock the program, allow me to do my editing and everything else. But I, it, for the last, I don't know, since June anyway, the end of June, maybe beginning of July, I have not been able to use this program because it does not see, does not recognize the key. Um, I thought maybe it had something to do with my old laptop because I did get a virus and I, uh, you know, you know, there Stop might surfing be those porn sites. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know, I know. Um, but, uh, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe that's, that's the issue. So, you know, I was meaning to get a new laptop anyway, and it still doesn't work on this laptop, um, this brand new one. So I'm going to have to take it in in a few weeks uh, w- when I have some days off and some extra money, uh, take it to Best Buy and see if they can figure out what the hell's going on. Because it, so, it's... So this is like a microphone that you bought that came with software with it? Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Huh. So, yeah, you... So I download or um, I put the put the disc in, um, you know, get the software downloaded, blah blah blah, onto the laptop. But then your your mic has to be hooked up in order for you to actually be able to open the program. Yeah, it's almost like the the microphone itself is the yeah. the the serial number or the whatever the code that you have to punch in for yes. it to be able to work. Like yeah. if you were installing a new version of Windows, you need that Windows product key or whatever on the bottom of a laptop or on the back of a computer to be able to install it, right? Yep. So yep. that same sort of idea, except that that is stored digitally on the device itself. Yep, absolutely. And That's wh- crazy. Yeah, and that always kind of bothered me because I thought, well, what if my mic craps out? Yeah. Um, then, I, you know, I can't use anything. And that's not the case because, uh, you know, I took it to my brother-in-law who um, is a little bit more tech-savvy than I am. And he's actually the one that hooked me up with this program because he uses uh, an older version of this for his uh, music uh, production and stuff. So we figured out, like, there's nothing wrong with the microphone. Like, I can use microphone the microphone for Skype. Um, Everything everything works with the microphone. It's just for whatever reason that key that's inside of it will not unlock that program. Um, so yeah, since uh, I bought it at Best Buy, I'm gonna take it back there because one of the most infuriating things about this whole situation is, um, you know, I, I went to the went to their website and everything else, and and uh, so I clicked on the you know technical support. Well, apparently you have to pay for this technical support. Oh um, God! Yeah, it's like it. It's like you got to. I think it's. Uh, this was a few months ago that I that I checked this out. What company is this? Uh, it's called Avid Pro Tools. That's um, the name of the company that makes the uh, software and the microphone. Yes. Or did yep. they bundle in somebody else's microphone, like a Sennheiser or whatever? Well, I think. Avid is the microphone company, and Pro Tools is the program. Oh, okay. I think that's how it works. So anyway, huh. to get to get the, the the technical support, I think you have to pay like a one-time fee of like thirty dollars or something, and then you have to pay like a monthly fee. Oh, oh best my god, bastards! Yeah, so I was like, oh, I was so I was so pissed off. I, I how, just, how can we drive people to Amazon even more? How yeah. about how about kicking them when they're down? Yeah, exactly. You're a genius. Um, so you're yeah, gonna, you're going you're gonna to be the best last department of marketing we've ever had. <laughs> so yeah, they 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 definitely got me by the by the short and curlies. But you know that being said, I only paid a hundred bucks for it. So it's not it's not the end of the world. 
but at the same time, it's it's frustrating because um, unlike our our friend Chris Gaida uh, from Geek Fallout, who lives in this magical neighborhood where he has every business known to man within walking distance of his house. And and every product that we can't find anywhere else in the States or Canada, apparently. Yeah, like, it, it just blows my mind. He's like, oh, yeah, Best Buy, that's just across the street. It's like, what? Do you oh, live, yeah, liquor you... store, that's across the street. Like, Yeah, it's like, do you live in the mall, or, or, or <laughs> what, what's going on here? Um, oh, the brothel's down the street. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... You know, like for me, get, getting into the to the Best Buy where I bought this from, I haven't been able to do, to do that, and so it, it's a little frustrating. I got I got to wait a little bit longer, but thankfully I got guys like Rich and Chris, as I mentioned, and uh, Jason Roberts who are producing. They're they're doing the editing and all that kind of stuff, so it's it's much appreciated. It's just it's so frustrating that. I have this product. I own it. It's on my computer, and I can't use it. It's so. See, this is why you should have just stuck with Audacity. It yeah. works and it's free. It came with my microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm actually gonna look that up. That's what you use for your editing, Rich. Yeah, that's what I've always used. That's how I taught you and uh, and Jeff to use via one singular email. <laughs> Yeah, I, when I had to step back and I was like, here's everything you need to know in three paragraphs or less. See, and to be honest with you, I never used Audacity because, um, like, at the time uh, I was doing a podcast called Random Nerdness, and my brother-in-law was the producer, and this is what he used, right? Um, and I'm, 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 I'm the type of guy, I need, like, hands-on training. I need someone to actually show me. Because I know Jeff tried to walk me through it, too, and I was like, eh. And then... Uh, yeah, he, uh, Sebastian, my brother-in-law, hooked me up with this program, and it when it works, it, it's awesome. I love it. It's it's abs- It was absolutely worth the, the $100 I paid for it. Like, it, it, you know, I had a lot of fun with it. But at the same time, it's so frustrating. It's like, damn it, you know? Like, I've only, I only had it for eh, a little over a year and a half, something like that. Um, so I sh- definitely should have got more mileage out of it. Although it did edit a lot of podcasts, but that has nothing to do with it. That's not, I didn't break it that way. Um, but yeah, I will definitely check out Audacity now, Rich. So I appreciate the the heads up once again. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm here for, buddy. Um, all right. Uh, does anyone else have any tech news they want to discuss? I do. I found this, like it's a more serious note, but I, I still think it's a pretty good game changer for the future. It's called a light-based memory chip. Now, if you notice that a lot of uh, computers coming out, like the last four or five years, they seem to be stuck at like a certain amount of gigahertz, or you know, they'll say like, "Oh, we've got multiple core, four core, eight core." Like, like for the longest time, it used to be just like one chip, one core, and they would just increase the speed on that. But now they have to add multiple cores because they're kind of peaking out. It's a problem that's known as the Van Neumann bottleneck, and uh, the basic reason is physics, that electrons can be sent, the speed at which the electrons can be sent down the interconnectors between the memory and the processor are slower than the speeds at which silicon can just chomp through the information. So one is faster than the other can accommodate. Now Now, the new alternative is swapping out electrons for photons, which is light. Now, the problems they've had with it in the past was that it had to be all constantly powered. 
because, you know, light just doesn't seem to exist without a power source. Hmm. So when the light goes out, all the configurated data goes out with it. Now, there's a new type of memory being uh, developed by the universities of Oxford and Exeter and Munster and Kitt in Germany using a phase change material as the basis of its storage. So when it changes due to the light exposure, it stays changed, but can be changed later, and it can be retrieved, and it uses germanium antimony tellurium, known as GST. And it's the same material that's used in rewritable CDs and DVDs. And the reason it works is because it can be forced to assume an amorphous state, like glass, or a crystalline state, like metal, by using electrical or optical pulses. And that means you can store information on the material. Hmm. So a light-based wow. memory chip, it should definitely open up the speeds of uh, computers in the future. Well, that's basically like uh, taking the whole you know, fiber optics um, to the point of instead of transmitting information like, like just pure data from point A to point B, you know, for, for the internet, for, for Bell or Rogers or Saskatel. I don't know if that's who you have out there, Chris, out in the boons. No, no. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we, we do have TELUS. We do have TELUS. Oh, okay, TELUS. Ah, there you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's using that, I guess, like that same principle when, when everybody was, starting to get used to this whole fiber optics thing, the way they explained it basically was just, you know, we turn the data into light, and because fiber optics transmit light really well, then it goes faster, and that's how we're doing it. So it seems to me like it's basically doing the exact same thing, but for memory instead of, um, you know, the conduits that transmit the actual data itself. It is the data itself. You know? well, I'm pretty sure when they get it to work on a bigger scale, then it should definitely be used for a data transmission. So we should be able to really get download speeds, but like really get some download speeds and just burn through our Rogers cap in a day rather than a month. Well, speaking of burning through your data caps because your uh, connection is faster, um, do you guys both have uh, LTE 4G capable phones? Um, yes, I think so. I have a phone. <laughs> it works. Yeah. So you remember when the whole 4G LTE thing started and, you know, you had to buy a new phone and you had to pay a little bit of a service fee at first to use it. And what, was that fun? Did you guys enjoy that whole having to buy a whole new phone just to use this new network and getting getting gouged out for money just to get something you were already getting? Is that fun? No. Well, it's about to happen again. Verizon plans to field test its 5G network in 2016 in the, in the uh, United States. So get ready for some new phones and everybody telling you that that old one just won't do anymore. It's too slow. So basically, this new um, uh, network, basically will be, uh, I think it's something like twice as fast. It doesn't say here in the article that I'm just looking at right now. But basically, it's going from, say, I think LTE right now is somewhere in the range of 50 to 100 megabytes download speed, which at its, and that's the, the peaks of it. That's as fast as you can possibly go. But usually you don't get your peak. 
like even when they're talking about your internet speed at home, if you're paying Rogers for 50 megabytes a second, you're probably getting nowhere near that for the most part, right? Um, so I, with this, I, I, I get impressed when I see like, oh, I'm downloading something at four megabytes a second. I'm living in the future. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And they and they always state that you're supposed to get you know. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever it is, uh, this new 5G network is supposedly going to work at 100 plus megabytes a, se uh, a second. So if you think about that in terms of downloading, say, a standard definition uh, DVD rip, a rip of a DVD that you would download, you know, a backup copy because you already own it uh, off of a torrent site. <laughs> so oh, yes. that would be... Illegally own the things that we're that we're downloading from someone else. Oh, of course. So basically, at that speed, you would be able to download a movie on your phone, a full movie, in about eight seconds. Wow. Real realistically, it'll take you about thirty minutes. But even still, it would probably you're take you. You're paying for theoretical speed. Real speed. I can download little... one on my Wi-Fi in. I uh, I downloaded a. 12 episode season or 13 episode season of a TV show was two and a half gigs on Wi-Fi in about 10 I, minutes. I think so if just, it can come I, close to that, like that's pretty cool. But like, we just went through this. Mm -hmm. We j that's like if they were to come up and be like, "Hey, Chris, you remember all those Star Trek movies that you bought? Do, do you remember all the all the all the box sets you just bought, Chris, for Blu-ray? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're coming out with Red right now. Yeah, it's Red Ray." Sorry. Oh, I know. I, I know. All over again. You got to buy that Beatles White Album too. <sighs> I know. It, it's it's just like Star Wars. You know, like I I bought the VHS, and then I had to buy the DVDs, and then I bought the Blu-rays. And George Lucas is is laughing his way to the bank. Yeah, I'm ignoring this Blu-ray until Disney releases the uh, the original trilogy, which they just announced they will, or they're oh, really? uh, looking into it. Yep, we're gonna get the original trilogy with the Blu-ray remastering. So Han will shoot first. So that means I gotta buy another set. <laughs> oh well, man! I, I stopped buying after I got the uh, well, I got like the uh, Star Wars original trilogy Blu-ray. Then they released like this new Blu-ray, which I don't know why. Oh, and then there's another one with like steel boxes. Yeah. Like, why would you pay for a freaking steel box? What's whatever happened to what's inside that counts? And what's inside is the same damn thing you bought three times already. Yeah, well, the thing is with the Blu-rays, I justified it because I had a Walmart gift card I had to get rid of, and that was okay. the only the only thing I really, you know, piqued my interest. I was like, ah, what the hell? If you're gonna get yourself some socks. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was for my birthday. I, I can't spend it on socks. Spend it on socks are so cozy and warm, especially out there in the, you know, in the barren tundra. And they won't be and they won't be outdated in two years. That's even more of a good point. No, I'll, I'll, they'll be they'll be dated in a year. <laughs> I'll be lucky if I get a year out of a pair of socks. <laughs> yeah, um, <that's... laughs> but so, yeah, the the five G network. Oh man, that that sucks. And I just got a new phone. But the the thing uh, that the thing that sucks, uh, and I I'm not sure what kind of deals you guys are getting on Ontario, but I know here. There really isn't much incentive to upgrade early. I know in the states, they're like they base. I can't remember which company if what uh, if it was Virgin or I can't remember. Um, it might have been a, a um, 
the one with, you know... Verizon? Verizon, yeah. Um, okay. Where, basically, if a new version of the iPhone comes out, you can upgrade for free, and they'll take your old phone. If you update, if you need, like, within a certain amount of time? Nope. Or just, like, every time it comes out? Every time it comes out. Oh, but you probably have to sign a new contract every time it comes out, I would oh, yeah. assume. Though. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's but still a pretty good incentive, though. It is. It absolutely is. Like, uh, if you yeah. don't mind being locked into a contract, anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, I know when I got my Android um, the last time, I didn't realize it, but my Android was already outdated when I got it. And it sucked, because when I went to buy accessories for it, I couldn't find anything. I ended up having to get, like, this case for the longest time. It, it had, like, the Playboy symbol on it, which I found <laughs> out was actually a girl's case. But I had no choice. <laughs> I had to protect my phone. Yeah, for sure. Real men can pull off pink. Well, I, I, it was blue and, and a darker. Did it have glitter or rhinestones? Uh, it didn't have glitter, but it did have... Because that should it, have been your first hint. It, 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 did, it did have gold, uh, you know, lines and stuff, so... Ah, you're just pimping, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it real. But then I, I ended up finding... Yeah, if a man wears a store. fur coat, he's pimping. <laughs> uh, but but I, I have since switched back to BlackBerry. Oh, no. We lost you, you to the dark side. Once you go BlackBerry, you never go BlackBerry. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I just... I, Android was great, don't get me wrong, but I, I just need a hard keyboard. I, my fingers are just too friggin' sausagey. They have hard keyboards on Android. Not not anyone that I in my local area. Oh, well, but, you might have to. Anyway. You, you can grab one of those little pencils with the big rubber bulge on the end of it. To uh, yeah, those suck. Don't, um, don't, don't get me started on anybody versus Android, because I'll just go on a crazy Android rant. But, but. Pro or anti? He's pro. Oh. Who's pro? You. Me? Uh, yeah, you're Android, aren't you? Oh, yes, I'm pro-Android. I'm, okay. I'm yeah. hardcore pro-Android, uh, which, in fact, brings me to a, another uh, discussion topic. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you remember um, a couple of years ago when I was still on the uh, podcast semi-regularly, uh, I talked about uh, a Kickstarter that uh, had been one of the most successful Kickstarters of all time. I believe they got over $8.4 million over the 30 days. Uh, and it was called the Ouya. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a Android-based uh, micro-gaming console. Have either of you guys heard of this? Or, Chris, do you remember me talking I, about this? I do remember you talking about it, yep. The only Ouya yeah. I remember hearing about is how we jamming. You know, <laughs> Ouya, we jamming. <laughs> so I finally managed to get my hands on one. I've been holding off just based on the fact that I'm not a huge gamer anymore. I, I like to think that I'm a gamer. I love games and the idea of gaming. I just don't have the, you know, expendable cash that I used to as a bachelor to be able to just go out and spend hundreds of dollars every paycheck on all these new games that I want to buy. And seeing as how you can't really go out and rent games anymore, you have to buy them nowadays. I so it's, it's, it's harder. It's harder nowadays. But uh, anyway, so I went out and I got myself an Ouya this past weekend. And uh, I got it uh, used on Kijiji, which for you Americans is the, essentially Craigslist. Um, and uh, it came loaded with something called XBMC. You guys ever heard of anything like this? Is it XBMC? 
Is that the sequel to BMX Triple X? Nope. Uh, I I was gonna say it. Oh, so it that. sounds like Run DMC. No, so this is, uh, it's called Xbox Media Center, and it originally started ah. as a software um, uh, overlay, sort of, like a graphical user interface and a, a new almost operating system that you would load onto the original Xbox. Hmm. Um, and basically what it does is it turns your original Xbox or whatever device you choose to install it on, onto now, because now you can install it onto phones or computers uh, and OUYAs and other other things like that. It basically turns it into a media device. Now, the one that I currently have, the person who I bought it off of loaded a bunch of software that I didn't know existed or sites or something and basically turned it into a free-for-all Netflix of sorts. Ooh. So I can go into this into this program now, and I can go through um, all the TVs and uh, TV shows and movies I want uh, through categories like uh, by network. So there's HBO, there's Showtime, there's AMC, there's FX, there's Disney Channel, Disney HD, there's E Network, uh, Fox, CBC, ABC, like every network you can think about. They've got shows. Then you can go in the movies. So it's unified field streaming. Essentially. So it's, it, it, what it's, yeah, what it's doing, I'm guessing, is taking the links that you would find on these streaming sites, because when you pick a movie, um, it goes to a whole bunch of selections, and you have to select your quality and what site you want to stream it from. Some of them don't work, some of them do, which is the kind of downside of this, but just the fact that now this little box that's, you know, not much bigger than, I don't know, say three decks of card or four decks of cards stacked on top of each other, which is hooked up to my TV and I have it comes with a gamepad. Uh you can hook up a keyboard and a mouse. I can now watch anything I want, anytime I want for the most part. Streams right to the TV. I don't have to download uh things that we can't get in Canada anymore because it'll stream right on my TV. And it plays games. Awesome. And it is like I have recently played uh, Super Mario Brothers, uh, or no, uh, Smash Brothers on it. Nice. Uh, Smash, so it Super plays, Smash so it, Brothers. So it plays console games as well as PC games. It it does emulators, so you can emulate any game system up until around two thousand. So you've got your PlayStation One, your Dreamcast, your Sega Genesis. Your Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Turbo Graphics, N64, Neo Geo, uh, Mame, arcade games, Atari, uh, you know Commodore 64. All of these games you can play on this with the gamepad that it comes with for free. How did it get to be sold without getting just you know hammered in courts? Uh, they only provide the means. They provide the hardware. The software store is run by the Uya software company. The software, uh, I, their their end, the software end of their company, basically, and they just provide the front end store and improve apps. The app, what the apps do, is you know not their concern necessarily. And yes, they approved an emulator app, but it doesn't come with the ROMs. So you, as the consumer, are trusted to own a copy of the ROM you are downloading because ROMs are only legal, and this is where the gray area is, is ROMs are only legal 
to pass around on the internet if you already own the game. If you own the game and you download the ROM, it is perfectly legal. Because well, it's, good, it's, 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 good it's seen as a backup. It's a good thing I own 927 Nintendo cartridges then. Yeah. But I just think that it's, it's, it's such a cool little device and it's, uh, the fact that I can sit there and, you know, stream anything I want, go, you know, I, I haven't even really gotten into any of the games on this thing yet because it is its own console. So you can play Ouya games and you can play Android games for the $99 that they were charging for this thing. It was $99.99 when it came out with one controller and I believe you can still buy it on Amazon now for $100. Uh, you can play Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City on it. You can play, you know, like, uh, because they've now ported those games to Android, right? Now, and there's, there's games that have the graphics of PlayStation 2, maybe 3. Like, right in between PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 for $100 That's on your amazing. TV. Now, yeah. is there a place where you stream these ROMs, or do you have to download them on a computer and then uh, uh, load it to your uh, Ouya? Yeah. So with the with, you do have to side. It's called side loading. So you do have to side load uh, everything onto it, but you can just hook the Ouya right up to your computer via USB and just drag and drop the files into its internal uh, internal storage. Yeah, that's just it's just amazing. I, I keep hearing about how it got like hammered or whenever I hear other podcasts bring it up, they, it's always talked with derision. So I never looked into it myself, but it always just seemed like it like failed. The, the yeah, well they actually I just found this out um, maybe, let's see, 58 minutes, you know, we're, we're an hour into this, so probably an hour and 10 minutes ago, Ouya actually got bought out last year. Uh, they were starting to um, sputter out uh, seeing as how, you know, a hundred dollar console is great, but if you don't have things like Halo on it, nobody really wants to buy it. Yeah, you only so, want the new things, not not exactly. having access so, to a history of old things. Right now, currently, they have uh, two hundred thousand active daily users, roughly, um, on their on the actual console itself, like on the store or whatever. So there's roughly two hundred thousand people playing it, which probably means that somewhere around four hundred thousand bought one. Right, so they went. Uh, they needed a buyer, and they were actually bought out by Razer, which is a um, a computer hardware uh, company. They make peripherals like uh, keyboard, gaming keyboards, gaming mice. They make uh, gaming laptops. That's exactly. Uh, and, yeah, exactly. And they're actually being uh, utilized now um, at more as a team. The uh, name itself and the company is slowly being shut down, but this hardware is still out there, and I believe they're still selling it. And for a hundred dollars, you cannot get a better media streaming box. I would say yes, it's a little clunky sometimes, but you know what? The fact that I can watch what I want for the most part when I want, you can load Netflix apps onto this, you can load the Amazon Prime app onto it, you could load the Hulu app, like any app that you can get on an Android phone or tablet, you would theoretically be able to load onto this because it is Android-based. All you have to do is get the the file on there and then install it. So it's pretty cool, and for $100 to be able to play video games, whether they be newer apps or going back and playing, you know, um, Missile Command would, you know, for $100, you can't go wrong. And it works with PlayStation 3 controllers as well. So if you own a PlayStation 3, you can pair up your controllers 
and have some friends play without ever even needing to buy any more controllers. So it's also Bluetooth. It's also Bluetooth active as well. Uh, yeah, it's got a. Uh, uh, Tegra 3 uh, processor inside. Uh, I think it's got uh, one or two gigs of RAM and I believe eight gigs storage. But it has uh, HDMI, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, uh, a full-size USB port, a micro USB slave port, and then also HDMI on the back. Which Have I think you is had it. any problems or bugs with it, like like playing like a more modern game and noticing lag or uh, frame drop? Uh, not, I haven't, like I said, I haven't really gotten into it. I actually just picked it up on, uh, I think it was Saturday. Um, so I'm still kind of getting there, you know, with the kids up during the day, uh, you know, and me working. I don't really so, play it until nighttime, but, um, I, the only thing that I've, the only thing, yes, definitely. The only thing that I've kind of noticed is, uh, it tends to lag a couple of seconds when you select a, a TV show or a movie to watch. And that could be, that could be my internet connection. That could be the website itself, um, not uh, you know being down or having a slow connection coming from their end. So there could be a lot of things for that, but mm-hmm. it's still well worth it. And I would highly suggest that anybody who is looking for you know a way to play some old school games on their big screen TV while still being able to you know watch movies and do all these other things in one in one place without having three different boxes hooked up to their TV, this is definitely something to look at, for sure. Excellent, excellent. Even, even even two or three years into it, knowing that they got bought out and the company is being shut down, possibly, the hardware itself is still perfect. And you don't need their app store to be able to download any of these games. Nice. Excellent, excellent. Um, all right, gentlemen. Does anyone else have any news before we call this an episode? Any thoughts on uh, Facebook developing that dislike button? All the uh, problems that it may cause? Oh, I, I'm I'm all for thumbs up for that, man. I, I, I there's so many. <laughs> I see so much shit on Facebook, and I'm like, if there was a, you know, I don't want to make a comment because I don't so want to. I, I don't want to get into a big controversial fight, which I have gone and got into in a few times on Facebook, but I would just like a dislike comment, a dislike thing. You know, just click on that and done. So you're thumbs up for thumbs down. I am, yes, absolutely. I, I, I would agree. I would uh, very much appreciate it if Facebook uh, put a dislike button in. Uh, well, as a uh, as a burgeoning stand-up comic, I have a very fragile ego, so I think I'll feel the brunt of this keenly. Well, and, and I, it depends where how where you take it um like pages i hope there's not a dislike for pages on facebook because yeah as a, as a podcaster i'd be extremely disheartened if uh we had more dislikes on geek follow than likes um but that being said i think for posts like people you know whatever tweeting something or or you know putting a a, a, a ter- like i gotta say like uh 9-11 just passed a few weeks ago Right. Uh, and I'm not American or anything, but, um, you know, it, the whole world experienced that day. Like it was a very dark day for not just uh, the United States, but I, I think f- for the world. Right. And there was all these terrible memes this year. You know, like I saw this one about, you know, it was the Death Star destroying the Twin Towers. And um, uh, there was one. Um, I can't even it was about. 
it, it was a uh, people jumping out of the the towers, and I can't remember what the meme was, but I thought it was so terrible. Like, you what's know, with the, what's with the what's with the upsurge in that? It's not even you'd expect it on the tenth anniversary because that's when people would be talking about it. But it's fourteen years ago. It's not even like a uh, uh, yeah. uh, an anniversary number. Yeah, like I, I don't I don't get it, but you know, like if there had been a dislike button. I would have I would have used it definitely. And I know there was there was this one I can't remember. It was a Star Wars not the Death Star, but there's other meme associated with 9/11 and Star Wars. And I I did comment on that. I to, I told I did say, you know, like this is not I think my comment was not cool. But yeah, definitely. Like that dislike button for instances like that and and the 9/11 terrible 9/11 memes and and whatever else, you know, like I I I think it's a great thing. I think it's awesome that we're going to have that option now. Um, all right. Well, gentlemen, I believe we can call this an episode. Uh, once again, this was Geek Fallout Technobabble, episode one. Um, and Mike, uh, before we go, can you please let us know, uh, once again, where can we find you on the Internet? I uh, currently have a Facebook page and a Twitter which I'm trying to remember where the hell, what the hell it is, since I don't usually follow myself. Uh, at King Mr. Stress, like King Mr. Stress, on Twitter. All right, cool. And Rich, where can we find you, sir? Uh, well, when I am on Twitter, which is extremely rare, um, you can find me at uh, Rich six one three R I C H E. Uh, 613. I think there's an underscore in there. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, other than that, I don't do a whole lot online these days. Um, I am still, as a co-host of a tech podcast, I think I need to hand in my uh, my tech geek card. I have not had a mobile phone, a cell phone, or any, any connected device now, uh, mobile-wise, in over a year. Wow. So, uh, I am I am internet free from the hours of 6 a.m. until almost 6 p.m. I am completely and totally disconnected from the world. No phone calls, no texts, no emails, no no googling, nothing. That, that and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, sometimes oh, no, I know there's lots wrong with that. Well, there there's is a lot wrong. With <laughs> there that. is there is, but there's also benefits. It it's nice not being disturbed sometimes. No Facebook, no Twitter makes Richard <laughs> something something something. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right. Well, you can find me on the Twitter machine at ChrisLock1701 uh, and Facebook at ChrisLock1701. I am uh, also on a number of podcasts that are part of Geek Follow Productions, including Geek Follow. Geek Follow, the comic book episodes. I actually host that. Uh, I host Trek1701. And now I'm on, uh, on Technobabble. Uh, and they can all be found at on iTunes, Stitcher, and also at www.geekfollow.podbean.com. And we've also got a page on Facebook, Geek Followed Productions, so please check out our page. Um, and, yeah, that's basically all I got for now. Uh, so on behalf of myself, Richard, and Mike, thank you for taking the time to check out this all-new podcast uh episode one of geek follow techno babble 
Thank you for listening, and we will see you again in the future. You have a new message. Metro. No.